ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position, ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing, cause I be willing and dealing. Find me the trade, cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 60 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network. I am your host, Rocky Petrella, at Dynasty FF Addict on Twitter. And back again, it's been a little bit. I'm happy to be back with uh, my co-host, Andrew Hall. I, I know uh, he's another person I'm very jealous of, having gone to the Expo this past week. But, Andrew, how you doing? Oh, I'm great. Yeah, it was uh, it was nice to see Twitter in person, as I called it. It was uh, like all of us there. Twitter was dead while we were there. It felt like it was great. <laughs> yeah, were you? Able, and we have a great guest here. I'll ask him too if he went to the expo. But uh, Nick Whalen uh, with the Dynasty Trade Calculator, guys, Dynasty Trade Calculator podcast. Nick, thanks for coming on. And how you doing today? And 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 were you able to go to the expo? Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. Um, I was not. Uh, I coach high school football, which means even on the weekends I have uh, film, uh, which which is honestly me just yelling at my guys all the time because that's what coaches are. And people that follow me on Twitter, they're like, you're so critical. It's like, this is who I am. Like, if it's not a perfect play, you suck, you know. But um, the expo, I wasn't able to go to, but this is cool. Uh, so um, I was able uh, to meet up uh, with one person, uh, Ryan Rhino, um, he stopped, um, on his, he did a, uh, cross country, uh, kind of vacation. Uh, he stopped at a bunch of different places. And then, uh, last Friday, he's like, Hey, I'm going to be going through Madison, which I'm in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, are you gonna be available later? And I was like, okay. And we made it work and it's cool. Cause he, he's a really good guy. Um, I've known him for years. Um, and I was just, you know, fortune he made a stop along the way so kind of i met somebody but I wasn't at the expo yeah I, I wasn't either but i actually i at least have right now a plan to meet up with my uh, trade addicts co-host uh, dynasty outhouse russ fisher and and uh josh valentin another member of the dap network so we're hoping to do that in september so that's my little uh my little mini uh, trip to, to to make up for the expo, basically. Um, but let's get into the show. Uh, what we're doing, we've been doing it. We started it last week with uh, Andrew and Scott hosted last week. We're doing a series of positional roundups. As we head into the season here, we did running backs last week. We're going to do quarterbacks this week. And, of course, uh, when we're talking quarterbacks, especially uh, in a show I'm hosting, because uh, anybody who's listened to me for five seconds knows my thoughts on Superflex strategy. For in case Nick doesn't know, I, I'm very, I'm a very heavy proponent of waiting on quarterbacks and Superflex. I hardly ever draft one of those top 12 guys. I, I generally trade out of a first round and a startup. I don't, I don't pay up for those elite quarterbacks so uh, i won't get too much into mind because i think everybody's heard it before but i'm not sure if we've heard much from andrew on it but i want to ask nick first how do you how do you uh handle quarterbacks in superflex do you like to grab too early do you you like to wait what i when i, when I say wait what i generally do is try and draft maybe two or three guys in that 13 to 20 ish range uh mm -hmm. you know because so many are devalued that, that they produce but they're not sexy enough like kirk cousins or or, or guys like that, Tom Brady, you know, that kind of thing. So how do you do it, though? Yeah, uh, to me, it really varies uh, based on the league, which I think is really important. I think that's the first thing before you start any strategy. And to me, I think strategy is my favorite part of this entire hobby, uh, which, again, guys, it is a hobby. OK, like spend time <laughs> with your kids and wife and, you know, it's a hobby. Um but uh, yeah, strategy is the best part. So you have to check out scoring, uh, how many people you can start, et cetera. I think that's, I mean, you could have a blanket strategy, but then if the scoring's different, then I'm going to draft differently. So for example, um, SFB, 
which I see Andrew's got the shirt on, which I got the same one. I got that. I, I got that one last year, and I think last year I got that, or the year before I had the uh, the army, the um, the GI Joe one. Yeah, um, I, I did want to bring up SFB because I Nick is also pick eleven, and he was which I was, and he was in the pick eleven chat, and he mm-hmm. was kept give, giving us updates about how long he was waiting on quarterback. Yeah, right. uh, when uh, who did you actually end up with there? Do you do you remember? Yeah, yeah. So um, I was so close to being the last person to get a quarterback in all of SFB. And then it would have been round 12. And I'm like, I can't wait that long. So at 10 11, I got Sam Darnold. At 11 2, I got Jared Goff. And then now this is looking fantastic. At 14 11, I got Taysom Hill. And then 16 11, I got Drew Locke, <laughs> which could be that's, huge. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but but I've I've also had some leagues where um, I feel that quarterback is weighted more heavily, and I'll definitely get at least one early. Um, but you know, again, in dynasty, I love getting young guys. So I'll, or, or especially if we're going to talk about super flex dynasty Devi, you know, then I'm going to be hitting them in my Devi league. So I'll get a lot of rookies too. And we'll talk about some of that. So to me, honestly, I think you can't have one regular strategy. You have to vary it based on format and scoring. And yeah, I agree with that. And and generally standard league. Yeah. I, I go the, I'm not as heavy on worrying about youth. Uh, like you were talking about, which is, I think where, what pushes a lot of these quarterbacks up is the youth. Like I said, the guys that I tend to go for are, are guys in their thirties that people don't want anymore, but are still putting up points. But Andrew, I, I don't think we ever heard you really lay out how you do this. Um, we've, we, we always joke about me, but, uh, how do you handle quarterbacks in Superflex? Yeah, I don't have as cool of a hashtag as like a particularly particularly Petrella, Petrella. kind of move, right? <laughs> right? Like that's that's your art, that's your QB strategy. Uh, I tend to go a little more balanced. I kind of like what Nick said though, where you kind of have to play the room, right? And if you're, it depends on the draft, it depends on the format, it depends on the scoring, all that stuff. And and everybody hates that answer of it depends, but that's pretty much my answer for everything because there is so many variables. You really can't give one answer and say here's what it always is, except for you, Rock. I guess you you just old people rule. Um, but no, I, I think what I usually do is kind of get one early and then wait to get my second and third kind of near each other in that, you know, nine to 12 kind of range. Um, just because again, I think the value drops so far down once you get older and those guys like Brady and cousins and Baker even, and you get down to the bottom where you guys like Fitzpatrick and Roethlisberger and things like that, that I can't trade away Roethlisberger in one dynasty league for a third. You know what I mean? Like it's just, nobody wants the guy. They're all like, now I'll keep the pick. I'm like, oh, come on, I'm rebuilding. I don't want this guy, but like we talked about a couple weeks ago, timing is everything, right? So now is not the time to trade away Roethlisberger. You have to wait until an injury happens. You have to wait until he starts putting up some of those points that we all know he's going to do, whether he's old and dead or whatever, he's still going to score points. And I think that's kind of why your strategy works so well, Rocky, is that a lot of people just don't want these older guys because there's just no flash to them. But once they start scoring points, none of that matters, right? All of it turns into redraft in season. You know, so like there's only so much you can really plan ahead for. I will say the reason I like getting one early is because it is nice to have some insulated value, right? Those young guys tend to hold that value pretty well. So in those earlier rounds, I like them more than running backs in most cases because running backs fall off a cliff. So it kind of depends, I guess, on, you know, again, how you want to build your team. Everybody should be building to win now. Everybody should be leaving the draft with the feeling that I'm a contender and all that. And I think the way I do that best is when I have one early and then a couple late. Kind of a mix of both of you, I guess. <laughs> well, I also think it's important. I mean, when you when you have one of those strategies that you're married to, you know, and you talked about flexibility. No matter what it is it's you know zero running back or what do they call it, hybrid zero running back now or whatever they or call hero it. running back, right? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, you you can't be married to any kind of strategy because you don't know the guys in your league. Every league is different. You know, mm-hmm. you can don't be married to ADP. Every league's different. Everyone's got their own thing going on, but you need to be flexible because. You can't say, hey, this guy's going to be RB1 no matter what, and you're you know, the, the homer, and then you have the hater. But like, we all should live, honestly, in the middle ground. That's yes. where you should be. That's where you can exploit the edges, too. And I, I, we've all been in leagues where there's you know 10 quarterbacks in the first round, and you're just like, well, okay, I guess we're going quarterback heavy in this draft. And you have to pivot and kind of figure out where the values are and say, well, do I want to take one or do I start the running back run? You know. So I love doing that kind of stuff. But on the other hand, I've seen drafts, super flex drafts, where there's no quarterbacks in the first three rounds where everybody just plays that chicken game and you're like, well, someone's going to go at some point, but I'll keep grabbing up these other players. So I agree with you hundred percent. And if you're paying attention well enough and, and do this, I wouldn't say do this long enough, but if you do this and pay attention hard enough, you can start to catch some of that and start to see people that are, you know, see runs before they happen. And kind of, I always like to say, it's like seeing through the matrix a little bit, 
to be like, oh, I can see the numbers here. I can kind of see where this is going. Like, oh, he's going to take a running back because no one's taking a quarterback. And I don't think he's the kind of guy to break that seal. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, and I agree with what you're saying too about um, you know how the draft goes, things like that. I mean, I, I don't, I, I, I'm not a hard and fast like if if if, if three quarterbacks went in the first round, I, I'll draft a quarterback early. Um, you know, I, I I feel the same way in generally about all positions. It it, it depends on on who's doing what, and it, it, if if the value is there, I'll take. It. I mean, I do. People will be shocked to hear this probably, but I do have leagues. I have a league where I have Lamar Jackson. I have a couple Justin Herbert shares. So I, I probably need to get, get, get around to trading down from those guys, but I haven't done it yet. So. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so yeah, I definitely, to me, it's not a hard and fast thing. It's just what I generally tend to do. Cause that's where I find the value for me. I, I like to load up on the running backs and my receivers. I'm, I'm an elite tight end guy. So I like to, especially this past off season with the craziness around the quarterbacks, um, where like eight, nine, ten are going in the first rounds of startups. I did a few startups, and I think in every one, I, I traded into the sec- back into the second round from the first, and also traded up into the second or third round from lower down, so I could load up on on the non quarterbacks, and then and then pick up the cousins and the Bradys and all those guys later. Mm-hmm. But when you, um, wait, just real quick, you said you got sure. Drew Locke in the sixteenth of Scott Fishbowl. <laughs> like that just feels like robbery. Like that's crazy. Even, even if he only starts a couple games, that's terrific value, right? Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, and it's not just sixteen. It was sixteen eleven. Yeah. Yeah. All was what? <laughs> yeah, and you was. mentioned uh, four guys you got there. Is it? Is it generally? Um, is that just because you went so late? You went to grab four different. I feel most people want three. Um, is that generally where you guys are both at, or do you like to ever do the, the QBX John Hogue hoarding quarterbacks thing four or five? Yeah. I'll jump in and just say, I've done that once where I think I did like five QBs in the first 10 rounds or something, just cause that nobody was taking them. And I was like, well, that's great value. And that classic idea, like I said, again, of insulation and all this, like, well, I'll, I'll take, you know, I'll take Carson Wentz in the, in the 10th round. Like that's still pretty good value. And this is, you know, a year or two ago, but the same logic applies. I'm just drafting them to try to help me help my value of my team and potentially trade them away. But those are in leagues that I know are going to be active and are going to be trading. Right? That changes the whole thing too, right? If I don't, if I don't know anyone in the league or I know it's not an active league, I'm much less likely to, to draft with trading in mind. I always tell people don't draft with the idea to trade any of your players. That's not a good Usually not a good strategy, but I know Rocky, you play in a bunch of those trade addicts leagues. I'm in a couple with some crazy guys too, that just, you know, it's all value. It's all going, it's all moving. That's kind of different then you can have a little more fun that way. And, you know, I don't usually hoard them and then try to sell them at a, you know, and I don't scalp them, right. I don't put them in like a crazy high price, but I do like them in the sense that, okay, well I'll get the quarterback here because it is better value than I like the running backs. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of depends, but I usually like to have four kind of like what Nick did. You know, I like to have one kind of linchpin and then if I'm going later, I like to get three or four different, or two or three, I guess, different crapshoots. You know, like I took Mac Jones, I think it's got fishbowl where I'm like, I just feel like he's going to be the guy eventually, you know, in like the 14th round or something like the 13th, whatever it was like, that's pretty good value to me. I'll take him here. You know, he's not going to start, but he could be a killer at the end of the year. So in Scott Fish, there's no training, right? You kind of mm-hmm. have to look at your whole season, almost like a best ball in a way, just yep. to be like, I'm, I'm drafting and I'm not setting it and forgetting it, but there are waivers, but mm-hmm. that's a whole different kind of league. You know, you got to play a whole different game there. Yeah, and I, you go, Nick. Yeah, so I mean, just another, this is an actual league that I'm in, and I I like to reference um, or pay attention to leagues that I, I, they're big money leagues. This is a $200 buy-in league um, where I specifically, and I'm different than than you are, Andrew, I I don't, I punt year one generally, um, not completely, but like I'm going to go younger, and I didn't, I filled in on, on running back. Um, I, I, and again, I looked at the settings quarterback, isn't as heavy scoring as it is in other super flex leagues. So for sure, I, I was heavy into running back, um, solid wide, really good wide receiver. It was tight end premium. My tight end wasn't as good, but I traded for Hawkinson, but, um, I went through all last year. I got, um, seventh. So I just missed the playoffs. <laughs> so in, even in my rebuild, but I, or whatever y'all call it punting, but I had Baker, um, Goff, Teddy, um, and I'm like, okay, that that's enough. You know, that's those quarterbacks you're talking about, Rocky, where it's like, okay, they're right. not sexy. You know what I mean? But they're serviceable. But then this offseason, I made trades and I got Justin Fields and Mac Jones to go in there. So so right now I'm backfilling that because now people are trying to catch up on the other positions and now they're not valued correctly because like Mac Jones, he's not a sexy guy to pick up. You're like, ah, oh, well, you know, whatever. But I got him at like 100 eight or seven i think in a devi so it's depleted right i'm like okay cool i'll grab him 
Yeah, and I, I just uh, I, I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. And I just want to I was going back to what when I started talking with what Andrew was saying is I, I agree. That's why I can never do the horror but I don't like drafting guys just for to trade them later. Right. I, I'd rather just draft the guys now. And I'm I'm kind of the opposite of Nick, where I generally start win now, and uh, I'm fine. To me, it's like uh, I'll be punting in two years when, oh, my God, two or three years when my guys get old. Then that instead of punting year one, I'm punting year four or three. So <laughs> that's the way I look at it. Um, but uh, let's get into uh, our next segment here, which is what we're doing. We're doing with this with each, each position we do uh, for these next few shows is looking ahead to ADP. Um, guys that might rise or fall from where they're at right now. So. Let me run down the the, the quarter, the basically looking at the first round guys and who might fall out, who might come in. So right now, or not first round, I'm sorry, top 12, QB1s. So right now uh, in August ADP, uh, which just came out today for DLF, uh, it's Mahomes at one, then Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, uh, Dak Prescott, uh, Justin Herbert, Lawrence at seven, Wilson at eight, Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, Trey Lance at 10, Justin Fields at 11, and Aaron Rodgers at 12. So what we did is a little exercise. We're each going to go over a guy that, that we think might uh, come into the top 12 by this time next year and who will be out of the top 12 by this time next year. So uh, first we're going to go who's not going to be there next year. And uh, I, I really liked uh, – I thought uh, Nick's was a little spicy, and I, I thought I liked it, so I'm going to let Nick go first. Ooh, okay. Leave me the floor. <laughs> So um, I might be one of the more, and again, because I'm negative, people just think I'm a hater. I might be like the resident Trey Lance hater or slash Kyle Shanahan hater. Um, if you see anything that I talk about and you want to look at results, people think Kyle Shanahan is the goat, right? You, you want to talk about any head coach, like, oh man, he's so good. He's been a head coach for four years. He has one season with seven or more wins. One. Right, and they're like, "Oh yeah, but he has this." You could say that for anyone. You think Adam Gase had a bunch of talent? You don't think other teams have had injuries? I don't hear anyone crying about Detroit. And well, you know, let's give Matt Patricia a couple excuses because no, they don't do it. But for guys they like, they do it. So Kyle Shanahan, you better step it up because I'm watching you. The other thing is this. Okay, and this is just in general. Kyle Shanahan has been an offensive coordinator or head coach for 11 seasons. Eight of those 11 seasons, he has been, uh, um, let's see. Oh, I had it wrong. I'm sorry. Um, eight of 11, 11 seasons have been um, 10th or worse in terms of scoring. You would think that would be higher. He had uh, number one overall. That was Atlanta. That was when Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Super Bowl run year. Uh, second was two years ago. And then he had one a long time ago. People might remember in terms of, um, I don't know, some guy named Robert Griffin III. So those were the top 10 seasons. But all you kind of hear are these, um, all these seasons of him doing great, a lot of points. Um, yards, he's been a little bit better uh, than points. But I think it's something to, to take note of. Now, I also looked at how many, 30 passing touchdown seasons he's had with quarterbacks. And you have to go back to, I believe, only two seasons. One is Matt Ryan. He won the MVP with him. And then also some guy named Matt Schaub with Houston a long time ago. Now, what do those two guys have in common? They have a Hall of Fame wide receiver. I don't see that in San Francisco right now. We want to believe Debo can bounce back. We want to believe in Ayuk, uh, George Kittle has had one great season, I would say one good season, and then we'll see in some injuries. But we tend to give anyone that Shanahan touches this magical potion, and they're all going to hit. Joe Williams, he pounded the table for him. PR Garçon. I mean, we can go on and on. Tevin Coleman, he knows him. He coached him in Atlanta. Nothing. Jarek McKinnon, the Jet, it's finally going to happen. Doesn't happen. I mean, on and on. Dante Pettis, he drafted him in round two. Oh, that didn't work out. Jimmy Garoppolo was the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. 
I was just going to mention Jimmy. Is like, yeah, everybody talk, calls him this quarterback guru, but n- no one has ever really wanted Jimmy, even in Superflex. He's he's never been a guy that people are chasing after because no. um, he's never produced to, to no. any significant you know level above anyone else. So no. So so in general, I think Kyle Shanahan has been overrated. Now again, I say that I like the guy, but again, it's all about value. We're overrating him like he is this magical potion guy and everyone he touches when in reality you want to talk about all the weapons in san francisco there's been one guy that's lived up to the hype maybe and it's been kittle everyone else has been a no and people don't want to talk about that i mean it's like he handpicked trey lance he handpicked a lot of guys there and they haven't worked out so you know trey lance people or uh, trey lance trey sermon guys you need to be careful about that so now let's get out of trey lance all right so interesting stats as well so Trey Lance, one year of starting plus one game uh, at North Dakota State. Okay, one, that's not good. We like more data points than one year. Uh, I'm trying to think of Mark Sanchez was a one-year guy. Um, hurts to say this out loud. Mitchell Trubisky was a one-year guy. Um, and he's a one-year guy. So when you want to look at some stats here, uh, let's go back to the, the quarterback before him, which between him and Carson Wentz was Easton Stick. Easton Stick was a fifth-round pick for the Chargers. So um, in his 2018 and 2017 seasons of starting, Easton Stick was worse in terms of completion percentage than Trey Lance. So that's a plus for Lance. In terms of yards, they were all within 300 yards of each other, all three seasons, comparative. All of them, ironically, had 28 touchdown passes. So Lance had the same ass stick every year. Um, zero touchdown or zero interceptions, which we hear about all the time. Oh my gosh, no turnovers, 40 some touchdowns. Like, let's okay. He only had 28 touchdown passes. That's an important thing. Um, Stick had seven and eight interceptions, but then let's talk about rushing because my gosh, he's just going to be the goat rusher. You know what I mean? He's going to be a thousand yard rusher, obviously. Duh. Right. But he had 1,100 yards rushing and 14 touchdowns at North Dakota State. Easton Stick had 677 and 17 touchdowns and 663 and 12 touchdowns. That sounds like a really good running scheme for a quarterback. I don't know about you guys, but we need to... And Easton Stick is a fifth-round pick. He's not a first-round guy, okay? So I know Trey Lance is better. He's more talented. But when you want to look and be like, okay, stats, you have to look at the guys previous to know what the scheme is. So to me, Trey Lance is as a big arm. Trey Lance is athletic. I don't know that Trey Lance is this goat that we want to make him out to be because Kyle Shanahan touched him once, which is the same thing with Sean McVay. If he has lunch with anybody, they get a head coaching job in the NFL. So, and the tape that I saw is Trey Lance is raw. Trey Lance, his one game starting last year was bad. He threw one pick, almost threw a pick on the next time. He's got accuracy issues, short, middle, and deep. Now, is there potential there? Sure, it can come together, but we need to pump the brakes that he's going to be this whatever. We don't know how much he's even going to run. The last time Shannon had a running quarterback over 200 yards or 300 yards was Robert Griffin III in 2012. He said, how many years? If he's like, man, I really want a running quarterback, he wouldn't trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. He, would, he wouldn't have chased True. Matt Stafford, which he did as well. Mm-hmm. So. I just think we need to pump the brakes. Trey Lance may not be the guy. One, he might not be good, but two, it might not be as early as we think. Man, if people weren't calling you the Trey Lance hitter before, I think they're going to be now. But um, <laughs> that's but a I hell actually, of a case, though. Like, that's, know, well, that's well thought out. A I lot of what you said. Man. I wasn't even. I wasn't even considering the Kyle Shanahan thing. But I don't want to get talk too much because you said a lot of what I was going to say. But. Uh, uh, the the one year thing is a big thing for me, and not only one year, one year at a, at a lower level school. I mean, he wasn't playing great competition. FCS, yeah, yes. like that that always kind of cracks me up. Like, and I hear people too talk about the draft cap. Like, look at all that they traded to get him. That doesn't mean he's good. Yes, that just means they, they wanted him. Like, we all we, see this we have every time. No idea what kind of passer he's yeah. going to be at the NFL level. Uh, anybody who thinks they do is just kidding themselves. And, and I love that you pointed out the rushing thing. Like, yeah. He's definitely going to run for some yards. I mean, he, he's he's very good at that. He's probably the best. He's probably the best running quarterback in this class. But it, it, they might, like you said, Shanahan might not be scheming for that. So if if he's not getting design runs like Lamar Jackson, I mean, we're not going to see thousand yard seasons most likely. And if he's a bad passer and he's not running like Lamar Jackson, he he's not worth being QB ten overall. 
Well, I've always told people too, I love his ceiling, but I hate his floor. Like Lance that's has a floor that's so floor, low. Yeah. And He's I think people are ignoring that. Floor to anyone in this class. Well, this is the optimistic time of year for everybody in Dynasty, right? There, it's every team is zero and zero. Every team has an equal chance to win the, the title. Everybody's going to win Super Bowls. We're all going like, no, 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 no. Only one out of twelve in twelve team leagues will win the Super Bowl in your league. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like only one out of thirty-two NFL teams will win the Super Bowl. You know, like mm-hmm. there, there, there is going to be some negative that shows up. And mm-hmm. I, I agree with you 100%, Nick. I don't hate Lance as much as you seem to, but I don't, I, I wouldn't even say it that way. I guess that's not really fair. I tend to look at his floor more than his ceiling, especially for rookie quarterbacks, because I feel like that's where you're going to see the floor bottom out. And if you're taking a pick like Trey Lance, I don't think I have him on any rosters out of 20 something leagues, right? And some of those are best balls and the eliminators, and I, nothing. I don't think I have him on a single one because it's just like, even if I did, it would probably be like, well, it's a flyer. Like it's a best ball, especially like, oh, you got to shoot for ceiling, right? But I don't like his floor. And I, I I think I only had one or two chances to draft him in rookie drafts. And it wasn't really on my radar. I was like, no, 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 give me, give me ETN, give me Harris, you know, give me one of those guys ahead of him, even in Superflex, which may sound crazy, but I was like, eh, I'm okay to take the more sure floor in this case. That's all. I, I'm with you on that, Andrew. I think everyone's kind of ignoring how low that floor is. And I, I've been a Fields over over Lance guy for that well, very reason. This Fields is a much better floor. Yeah, Fields has a much better <laughs> like floor. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he has just as high. I mean, he's a very good rushing quarterback too. Um, and, and I think a much better passer from what I saw. And he did it against much better competition. But Lance went first for a much longer draft, time. So, but Lance went first, so he must be better, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. What are you? Right. I, I've yeah. never understood what the NFL doesn't like about didn't like. You know, heard all that stuff before the draft. I did. And then he did fall to 11, yeah. um, which was, you know, eight spots lower than Lance. I right. never got what they did not like about him. But, but yeah. I'll add in a few more things. Um, and to me, it's always about value. And right now yeah. he's not a value. I owned Trey Lance, then traded him and basically uh, Justin Fields. And I, I like the odds better. Um, okay. North Dakota State, they're such a powerhouse. People don't understand. They are, think the Alabama of FCS but better in terms of they've won, I think, like six of eight national titles or something ridiculous like that. When you watch film, he's got these numbers. His receivers are so open, and they, they make him look better. He doesn't make tight window throws really well. He's not anticipating. You want to look at the, the first game, the first preseason game? He got sacked four times. That's more than Will, than Wilson, Fields, Lawrence, and Mac Jones combined. That's sacks. He was 5 of 12. Yeah, he had one home run shot touchdown. Good play. I think a lot of them had some good plays, but the other passes was four of 11. Was there a couple of drops? Sure there were, but that's still the worst game of all of them. That floor is low and Mm -hmm. I don't play floor. I play for, okay, what are the best odds? Because all we look is the ceiling and we know what 50% of first round rookies hit if that. And right now it's only sun. And you talked about trading all those picks though. That's guys that can't be his teammates. Nope. They're all gone. Okay. We talk about that in Dynasty, too. When you're making a trade and you're like, I'm trading this player for a pick, it's going to be an early pick. And everybody goes, well, but you're making that team better by giving them that player. Like, you're lowering the value of that pick. It's the same kind of logic in the NFL, right? Like, now they don't have these picks to build around them. That could really hurt them. You're exactly right. Mm-hmm. So, Andrew, why don't, why don't you get into yours? Because I'm not, well, you actually put two on there. I'm not sure which one you're going to go. There was one that I thought was low-hanging fruit that I was leaving for you guys and that's one of the guys you have on there, but I don't know well, if that's the one you want to talk about or not. I'll quickly talk about, I don't really have as nearly the depth that Nick does. I'm just going to preface <laughs> Neither that. Neither do I, I for, for the I, I also don't have nearly the hatred. These are both kind of like, well, I could see it. Um, so I do love that Trey Lance talk though. That was terrific. But the low hanging fruit I'm thinking you're talking about is Rogers. Yes. Right? I put him on here only because in, he's 12th and ADP. So he's the easiest one to fall out. But also a year from now, he could be anywhere. He could be hosting Jeopardy. He could be on a golf course. He could be on the Jets. Like, honestly, we have no clue where he's going to be a year from now. So for me, that wide range of outcomes, as opposed to normal years when Aaron Rodgers is going to be back with the Packers, he's going to be high. I don't have that stability this year. You know, from one year from today, who knows? So I, I wanted to at least put him on here so that we had that brief time to talk about him. And also because I checked something today, which cracked me up. Uh, he's He's got exactly 4,000 points in standard leagues in his career and fantasy points. He's got two catches. So in PPR, he's at 4,002. I just thought that was hilarious. Like that he's got 4,000 fantasy points. I just thought that was interesting. But the other one that I wanted to bring up, and that's he might, because actually there's some, there's some drama around the new host. Um, I won't get into that. That's not what the show's about. But the other one that I wanted to bring up was Trevor Lawrence. 
And not necessarily for the same 18 reasons that Nick went through, but the floor is low on Trevor Lawrence too, right? I, I know he's the generational talent, a clear cut number one, and like the next Andrew Luck, and we're, we're giving him all these labels. He's with Urban Meyer, who is a new coach in the NFL. That's risky. Yes, he's got his running back in ETN, but there is a little bit of a controversy at the running back position. Their receivers are, you know, Chark, Visca, and Jones. Like, I'm not sold on this team being like lock stud around him. Uh, and I just, I worry that he's going to turn into, and I don't want to say this as a negative, but he's going to turn into someone like Tua that gets hyped up and massively overdrafted. And then the next year, everybody's trying to sell and get out. And again, I'm not predicting that for him. I'm just saying there is that option that I don't think anyone is talking about. And having him go, what is a seventh right now? Whew, that is a lot of capital. That's more than Lance. I mean, I'd, I'd rather have Wilson Burrow, Lance, and Fields over Lawrence. You know what I mean? And Fields is drafted after Lawrence in the NFL by a lot. I just think he's got a much better solid future with the rushing that he provides. Trevor does rush too, but I just don't see that offense being that way. I just, I don't know. I just don't know. So for me, again, I don't have the litany of stats that Nick just dropped on us. That was tremendous. But I just have a really odd feeling that nobody's looking at Lawrence's floor either, right? So it's the same kind of logic. And in, in the top 12, you're looking at a QB1 in Dynasty. If I have a super flex, I'd really rather not put that solid QB1 at Lawrence unless like I have on a couple of teams where I'm rebuilding and had the 101 and I'm like, all right, give me Lawrence. But, you know, I might try to trade him if he has a good game in the first two weeks of the season because his value could go up before it goes back down again. But it could be a wild ride. That's kind of the main reason I put him on here. And I, I agreed that um, they that offense. I have my worries about Urban Meyer for sure. So uh, I'm I'm not sure how that offense is going to play out. But I kind of feel with Lawrence that it's almost like Kyle Pitts. He's he's just been so hyped up that as long as he's not completely awful, I don't. I think people are still going to get give him a pass. For a bad rookie year. I thought they would do that with Tua, though. Year. They didn't do that with Tua. He came in injured. Everybody knew he was injured. He was being overdrafted top 10 last year, if I recall, in quarterbacks. And now he's like 17 or 18, right? He fell through the floor. And right, people but, are now undervaluing him. I could see that happening with Lawrence. That's I, I just see, yeah, I just see is like Lawrence has been this thing since like high school. Like so, uh, he's been it's everybody. He's sort of like you know this uh, the golden child. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I was looking for. You're probably right about that. But Andrew, what's funny is they are doing it for Joe Burrow, who was only slightly better than Tua, but no one talks about it. They, it was amazing rookie year. It was a volume year, short passing, sacked a bunch. It was just a rookie year, but. Man, he's really going to explode, and two is going to be trash. It's like you know what I it, to kind of go into that rabbit hole for a second. I think, and this is going to sound maybe counterintuitive, but I almost think the injury helped Burrow because it got him out of these games. It got him out of performing badly, I guess, <laughs> which some quarterbacks tend to do. And I, I mean, I'm a I'm a Bengals fan. I'm not hiding it, right? Like I, I like the Bengals who day and all that. And I do think Burrow was the great pick there, and I have no no doubts about his talents. But him getting hurt was kind of like an easy chalk up. Well, well, he got hurt. Well, Tua got hurt before the season, and there was a shortened off season, and there was the whole COVID thing, and people couldn't play together, and all. He came into what was potentially the worst possible, in, like with Ryan Tan, not Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick taking the job, and then kind of giving it to Tua, and he wasn't ready. There was so much more drama leading up to it, and I think a lot of times that that end of the season is what dynasty and fantasy managers alike tend to remember. And so Burrow, oh, he's hurt, he'll be back. It doesn't hurt his value, but Tua is playing badly at the end of the year. Was he? It wasn't that bad, really. He was doing all right, but everybody just remembers it that way, and therefore they go into the offseason, eight months of us saying two is horrible, and now we see it on the ADP. So I just think that, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really odd to me, I guess. You're right, too. Like, Burroughs, right there in the top 10, we're top 12, and I think he should be. I'm Again, I, I'm fine with that. But where is Tua? Like, that seems odd that he's so, I don't know, devalued already. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, we're going to get into two a little more in the next segment, so, so calm down, guys. <laughs> um, but, uh, I'm just going to do mine real quick because I actually – I think this is actually a pretty good top 12 that, 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 that people are drafting right now. It's hard to see, especially at the top six or, or seven guys, um, any of them falling out of the top 12 entirely. Um, so I, I just wanted to pick someone different than you guys. So uh, – <laughs> So uh, Ryan says what gave away Andrew and Bengals fan. Um, but I, I just wanted to pick someone different just to talk about maybe one other possibility, kind of like what you, you said with Lawrence. And 
And the one I, I put down was Russell Wilson. Um, uh, Russell Wilson's great. I love Russell Wilson. The main reason I actually put him on here, well, two reasons. One is we know Pete Carroll loves to run the ball. The, you know, we had the whole he let Russ cook at the beginning last year, but then at the end of the year, it, it was more run heavy and he was not producing as well. Uh, and really, even in the beginning, I think it was uh, people, he, they weren't letting him cook as much as people thought. It was just his touchdown percentage was crazy and he was way more efficient early in the season. Um, and I also think the age thing, I mean, I know, and I think you guys probably know that age isn't that big of a deal for quarterbacks, especially if, if you're in your early thirties, but he's going to be 33 next year. And if you look at this list we have here, uh, there's two guys that are over 28 years old. If you put Dak in there, there's three guys over 25. So I think it's just following the whole trend of dynasty as a whole. Every year seems to get more and more uh, propping up the youth guys rather than regardless of production almost. So uh, I I think that I I think there's a scenario where if Wilson doesn't have a a typical season or they do get even more run heavy than the past, or he just doesn't throw as many touchdowns. That's the big thing he does every year is he throws 30, 35 touchdowns or so. And that he he doesn't throw for a ton of yards all the time. He adds some with the feet, but uh, I do think there's a scenario where he has an okay season uh, he's 33. We have, you know, guys we're going to be talking about that could be hopping in that are also younger. Um, I'm sure almost every year, whoever the 101 is in Superflex drafts ends up being a top 12 guy. So somebody has to fall out. So I can see a scenario, but I'm not super convicted that that Russell Wilson is falling out. I just wanted to throw it out there. Any thoughts on Russ before we move on to the guys that may hop in? Um, I mean, I, I, I agree with your overall uh, premise that. I mean, you look at that list. I mean, Herbert, I mean, whoever else. I mean, it's such a small data point that these guys are going to be studs, you know, even though I, I like a lot of the guys. I mean, we have, what, a bunch of rookies in there, you know. I mean, heck, even Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray had a good stretch last year. Before that, he was just kind of good rusher. We, st- I still don't know if he's going to win down the field. When is Kingsbury going to be there if they have a bad year? I mean, there are some of those coach questions that I think people maybe don't take into account. The Bills, I think, are pretty locked in. Mahomes and Reed aren't going anywhere. But mm-hmm. then you got and, – and Lamar is not going anywhere. I don't see the Ravens changing their coaching staff. But I could see Kingsbury being on a hot seat if they go, you know, 4-13 and 13 or something this year. And Kyler has a great year, but now there's a change. Mm-hmm. That could be risky. Yeah. Oh, don't get me on that one. You mean Cliff Kingsbury, the guy that hasn't had a winning season coaching since, yep. I think, his second year at Texas Tech? He had – what? two to three, four years of losing seasons there, gets fired, then gets a head coaching job, and then goes under 500 or 500 so far in the NFL. But again, he's a genius, remember? We have all these oh, They signed A.J. Green. They're good now. Dude, J.J. Dude, Watts there. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's just it, a lot of these perception things need to be backed by stats. And, 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 and this goes completely to what Rocky's strategy is. These old quarterbacks, man, they're boring. We know who they are. Let's get these exciting, shiny new toys, and, th- and that's when you get value. So on that it. part, I agree with you. Love it. Okay, and we're going to get into the uh, into the quarterbacks that will hop into the top 12. Um, Andrew, why don't, why, don't, why don't you start with yours, which, again, I think is, is one I considered as well, and, and I think it's a pretty easy choice. I feel like it's easy and a hot take, all in the same thing, right? Because it's just such an obvious missing name from that list is Deshaun Watson. I mean, Watson is one of those quarterbacks that he he is almost untouchable in Dynasty right now because there's so much confusion about what's going to happen. His floor is really low. His ceiling is really high. He's really variant kind of player. I mean, there is, and, and people try to get into debates and argue this, and I say it, there is a chance that Watson does not play a down in the NFL again. There is a chance. I'm not saying it's a high chance. I'm not saying it's likely, but there is a non-zero chance that he's done, right? And I think sometimes people get to know he's definitely coming back. I guarantee you, you can't guarantee that. The way that the woke world is these days, and again, I, I, I'm all a fan of, of process and playing out the allegations and seeing if he's guilty. If he's innocent of all charges and clears the field and and nobody has any problems with him and he's coming back, then you're right. He's not missing any time. But there's a lot of smoke. There could be fire and this could lead to some bigger things. And we just don't know. So right now, I totally get why he's not in the top 12. But a year from now, it might be entirely behind us. And he's right back to being Deshaun Watson playing for the Broncos. And everything's good to go. He's a 26-year-old quarterback. And he's got a 10-year career ahead of him. And we totally forget about it, right? I mean, how many years ago was it two or three that Tyreek Hill was done? right? He was dropped in one of my leagues. He's not, I'm not playing this guy anymore. I'm done with him. 
Ben Roethlisberger has survived how many allegations and the NFL still lets him play, right? Don't even get me started on, on other players, but it's just, it's happened before, right? So my logic is predicting the future is tough. Nobody is great at it. I'm not in the weather business. As I tell people, I don't do this for a living. I don't prognosticate. But for me, Watson is just one of those, I would almost say like an easy name, but also kind of a crazy take in a way to be like, man, is that going to be something we worry about? You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm with you on that one because uh, here's my one take on people with off the field uh, things. Okay. I'm not taking them to church. They're not meeting my family. I'm playing a game to win, mm-hmm. to win money, to win, you know, just messing with my Bragging buddies. Them, what, yeah. I mean, whatever it might be. Yeah. I'm there to win. I traded for Tyreek Hill, and guess what? It worked out for my teams. If it hurt my my teams, it wasn't going to be hurt by as much. Let's not forget, Deshaun Watson, okay? You said his age, but Deshaun Watson led the NFL in passing yards last year. Led the NFL in passing yards last year, and he's not even in the top 12. Yep. Again, it's a perception thing. He was 10th in pass attempts and was first in passing yards. He was third in completion percentage. He's and good he had, at quarterbacking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's good. So, so again, this, yeah. this perception of like, there's the risk part of it, which I get, but I think there's, well, what are the odds that the back half of that first round ever leads the NFL in passing yards? Low. This is a guy that you should be trading for if you want to win at this game. Now, there's a chance he might not play again. I think it's low, like you said, um, but there's a chance. But also, like if he sits out a year, he's still going to come back as what a 26, 27 year old quarterback and have a yep. career. And I'm That's not going to church with me. So, like, I want to win. So, what's the matter? Well, no, and I'm right there with you. And I think it's um, it, it kind of to hit back on something we said before is be flexible and there are multiple strategies. And we talk about that on this podcast a lot, that there's no one way to play this game. Um, have fun with it is what we always try to say. And if, if having Watson on your roster is not fun for you, then don't have him on your roster. Like I'm perfectly fine with that. I'm, I'm one of those players too, where I just don't like looking at the guy's name. So I'm not going to have, him. I'm going to trade him away. I'm going to drop him, whatever, you know, it's, that's fine. I, that's how I play it in some leagues mm-hmm. In other leagues. I don't play it that way. Cause I know it's a high stakes or it's a really important for me like to win this or to, I don't play it that way. Right. So like you can even be different across leagues. You don't have to be consistent and have a stance on this. But at the same time, if you're rebuilding, Watson is the perfect target because there is so much variability with him. And I, I wouldn't say I put that caveat if you're rebuilding, but only because if you're contending, you're going to have to give up a lot and add a lot of risk that you may not necessarily get enough reward to have it worth doing. Right. If you're contending, it's more likely that you want to have the sure bets on your team. You want to have those points because you need those points now. But if you're rebuilding or even just retooling or whatever word you want to go by, I, I'm trying to get Watson every league that I can that I have no chance to win this year. Because it's like, why not? Let's write it out. I did the same thing with Zeke a couple of years ago when he was holding out and there was all this question, oh my God, is he going to play or not? And I got him for a steal. And then literally a week later, oh, he signed, he's back with the team. And his you know ceiling was the same, but his floor went way up. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, perfect. That's what I'm looking for. That's a huge gain in value for your team. So mm-hmm. I 100% agree with you. Just mm-hmm. real quick, I want to interject. Rocky did have to jump off. So we're going to do the rest of this without him, just in case people are looking or, or listening. Uh, he'll be back. He's fine, but he had to, uh, to dip off. But I know that he had put someone on here that I do want to talk about briefly before I throw it to you, Nick. But we kind of talked about it already, but that was Tua. Right. He put two on there. And I agree. I think Tua is somebody that could easily jump into the top 12. I think he should be right beside Burrow in pretty much every ranking. I don't think they're very different at all. Um, I would I, I would probably argue that Burrow has a better surrounding cast. Both of them have terrible offensive lines, but the Dolphins have a better defense. Maybe that hurts in a weird narrative streak, but that's getting, you know, 3D chess in a way. I think both of them are solid options and could easily be top 12 quarterbacks in a year. So I guess, what do, I know we kind of talked about it, but what are your thoughts on two in general? Do you think he's someone worth the top 12 kind of RB slot or QB slot? Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's back into that. Um, and it's, it's, again, what you want to play because it's, you know, you got those older guys too. But I like Tua. I liked Tua's film. Now, does Tua have a cannon? No. Do you need a cannon to be successful in the NFL? You don't. See, and that's a, that's a very, very misconception. The biggest thing you need is high processing. You need to process, and he's good at that. He knows where to th- go with the football, all that kind of stuff. And he had nothing at receiver last year. Let's talk about what he had. Yeah. Parker, he had uh Jakeem Grant, Preston had, Williams, right? I mean, Oof. No, and Williams got hurt. Remember, yeah. barely played. And and then and then Gesicki, which he, he's okay. 
Bird Alert and Bert Wilson, right? I mean, is is get and I think he got hurt too. And is yeah. Gaskin a great receiving threat? Probably not. Like, there's nothing great there at all. And again, dropped off. But let's talk about again. We talked about what we want bigger sample sizes. Joe Burrow had one great, unbelievable season in college. Two had multiple. Mm-hmm. And then even the year we're not going to count, he looks off the safety and wins the national championship game. How soon we forget how good he was in college. Now, he had nothing to receiver. And then what did they do in the offseason? They re- made a big effort. Didn't they trade two ones to get back up to get Jalen Waddle? They signed Will Fuller. They invested in that offensive line. I believe they got an offensive lineman as well. Um, they're, they're like, hey, we need to solve this, and we're going to throw some picks and money at this. Hmm, sounds like th- – I mean, I don't think you get – again, I can't remember two of the fastest guys in the NFL, Fuller and Jalen Waddle, being together on a team since, like, the Cowboys with, like, Joey Galloway and, like, Terry Glenn maybe. Oh, yeah. But, like, th- there's a reason you do that because you want to throw. You don't put, get those two guys and be like, you know what, we're going to feed Malcolm Brown and Miles Gaskin a bunch. Like, Dump off to Gasicki. Yeah, right, no. They're going to throw and, like, you want fantasy, you want guys that can score. Those guys can get behind and score, just as Deshaun Watson. So, so <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can definitely see a case, and, and he's a guy I think that's a little bit of a sleeper. Yeah, I completely agree, and I loved him being on this list. I know we talked about him a little before, so I wanted to make sure we hit on it here. But, Nick, who is your pick for the guy to jump in? I, I like this one, too. This is another spicy one. Yeah, spicy. I have Baker Mayfield. And, again, I think there's this whole thing overall, and let's just talk about it, guys that can't run – or aren't really awesome running the football, have this perception that they're going to be really bad at at quarterback or bad at fantasy football. That's not true. And so Baker Mayfield last year had 26 touchdown passes. People may have forgotten about that. 26 touchdown passes. And that was, if we remember, middle of the season, there were those like weather reports and like, oh my gosh, Cleveland, like should we play anybody or not? They had three of those with like high wind, like, I don't know if it was snow, rain, what it was three of them. They were like really bad. And he got no touchdown passes. And he had um, 204, 132, and 122 passing yards. Those three. Okay. It was not good. And I looked at the opposing quarterbacks. If you think it's Baker, it's not. I think there's one touchdown pass in those three games. So, and he still had 26 touchdown passes. And I think towards the end of the year, they knew they were going to win. So they didn't really have to throw as much either. They were already locked in the playoffs. And still, it's there. If he has 30 touchdown passes, do we look at him differently? If he has 32, do we look at him differently? I think so. I think there's also a talk about them being a running team and everybody avoids the quarterback on a running team and all this, but I'm not sure they stay that way. I, I do like the the attack with Chubb and Hunt, but I mean, you've got Hunt catching passes, right? He's, you know, there's Chubb catches passes just fine too, right? So I, and with Odell, I think he's still got a chip on his shoulder and got something to prove. They got DPJ coming up now, right? They got all these other guys and obviously Jarvis Landry, a first down machine. I mean, that offense is really, and again, as a Bengals fan, I hate it. But I get it, right? Where it's like that team is built to win and they are built to dominate and I and their defense stellar, right? So they're going to be in a lot of games and I think it's all going to fall on Baker. So I love that pick. I think you're entirely right. He's getting, I would almost say getting some bad rap and I don't know exactly why, but he's someone I know that we, we talked about this a lot. And he's someone that Rocky tends to target because people don't value him correctly. And ultimately that's what Rocky's whole thing is, is he just goes after the quarterbacks that are kind of criminally undervalued and are being able to buy for the cheap put up points this year and then he flips them for some profit and, and moves on to the next guy. Right. And the next, the Matt Ryan's or the I don't know, Ryan Tannehill's the older players that are kind of falling down the ADP. That's who he collects. And there's a reason that strategy works is because that's an easy way to grab value. If you're good at it and don't, I don't know, get blinded by the flashy. Oh, he's so young. I got to get that guy. There's no problem with that size, that side of the argument either. I'm just saying that there is some value to be made as, as people start to tumble, gather them up, get the points and get out of there. You know, mm-hmm. points matter more than anything. And we've had this discussion over and over, but championships matter more than a pretty roster, right? Mm-hmm. Points matter more than value, right? And I, it, there is some, some discussion and debate in there, but my opinion at every single chance is timing again is everything. If the guy's putting up points, you're going to get more for him. Right. So Baker is, is probably like QB 20 or something right now. Mm-hmm. And that's a long leap to get to 12. But is it, you know what I mean? Like a lot of those quarterbacks are in that same bu- bucket. So I like that one, Nick. That's a good mm-hmm. pick. Yeah. And I mean, I remember Baker was what the, the first pick in the draft. And, you know, I, I even watched uh, one. If, if people like film and you want to learn, Brett Coleman has some really oh, good yeah. stuff on YouTube. He just had one on OBJ and Baker. And he's like, you know what? 
just with COVID and his injuries, like just the timing was off. Baker was over, or uh, OBJ was open and Baker missed him some. And sometimes OBJ didn't run great routes. And like, he's like, but OBJ still has it. And yep. that has me excited about it too. So, I mean, if you could get a mm-hmm. wide receiver two high and wide receiver two season out of OBJ, think of what that does to Baker. I mean, easily look, possible. I mean, and they made, and I know people hate this. Austin Hooper was the highest paid tight end in the NFL. They paid him. He had a down year last year. You get those guys back to maybe a middle ground of where they could be. That certainly boosts Baker as well. So there's there's only a one or two things that really needs to happen for Baker to have 30, 35 touchdown passes, and all of a sudden, boom, he's a value. Hundred percent agree. Yeah. Um, so I think we're gonna we're gonna finish up and do our last segment here, which is our classic find me a trade segment. This is where we have a user submit their team and their roster, and we look at the team and look at the league that they're in and see if we can find a trade for them. Uh, I know that this can be a little bit tricky and we kind of had to, to move some things around for you today, Nick. So Rocky and I both got trades. Uh, we're going to talk. I'll talk about both of them. You can kind of give your input and see what you think. But I want to start off obviously talking about the team submitted by Chris McConnell at Chris MCC on Twitter. Thanks so much, Chris. It's a 12 team PPR Superflex 2.0 tight end premium. So there's a lot of a lot of catches there, which I like <clears throat> 30 man rosters. You start 10. QB, two running back, two receiver, tight end, super flex, and three other flex. It's part of the DLF Championship Series, which has a bunch of teams, a bunch of things. So this format is very familiar. It's in safe leagues and all of that. So uh, I'll put it up on the screen here real quick and kind of walk through the roster real just to kind of make sure that we're getting this right. Hang on one second here. All right. So first things first, team name is the Dignified Clowns, which I think is terrific. Uh, quarterback, he's got Justin Fields, Taylor Heineke, and Trey Lance. And we've talked about some of those guys, but that's it. That's not that's super flex. That's a little risky. Uh, running back, we got Savan Ahmed, Malcolm Brown, Todd Gurley, Justin Jackson, Jamar Jefferson, Aaron Jones, Ronald Jones, Marlon Mack, Anthony McFarland, Rashad Penny, and Samaj P. Ryan. So a couple of gems, but some things I'm worried about. Uh, receiver, we've got Keelan Cole, Dwayne Eskridge, Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay, Jalen Guyton, I don't think I said Dwayne Eskridge, uh, Jalen Guyton, Tyreek Hill, Scott Miller, Byron Pringle, Amon Ross St. Brown, Adam Thielen, Greg Ward, and Quez Watkins. That's probably his biggest group or best group, in my opinion. A lot of value there. And then at tight end to run it out, again, two tight end premium, Jacob Hollister, George Kittle, Drew Sample, and Jonu Smith. Whew. All right. So we reached out to Chris and asked him kind of, what do you think of your team? I'll kind of read it, but I, I do want to skip through some of this. But he said he owns this team with a buddy of his. They drafted the team last year, and he feels like they're kind of stuck in limbo. They don't really know what to do with it. And I I kind of see it. I get what you mean. It's a little stuck in the middle. Uh, there is a big prize every three years in these championship series where you can win an extra $1,000, and there's a couple ways to get that. So it is it, some high stakes here. comes in nice. Um, but they said that they waited on QB, got ho- <clears throat> sorry, got hosed, got Rivers, Breeze, and Foles last year. And so that's why they're looking so lean and mean. And they got Fields and Lance, obviously. The other positions are a little bit older, and he mentions in his write-up that Kittle, Jones, Tyreek, and the young guns at QB are the main core, but we got some old guys that are productive that need to be flipped. And I want to pivot from that straight into Rocky's trade because he, and I know we kind of talked about this, he's not here to defend it fully, but he doesn't really think that he needs to flip guys. He's looking at this team and thinking, I don't know, I think this team can contend, and I don't disagree. So Rocky's trade, and I'll I'll run through this and let you kind of go and see what you think of it, but his, his trade is kind of right up your wheelhouse, really, with what you were saying before. But he, he was saying to trade Trey Lance to the common man DFS team and in return get Derek Carr and Ezekiel Elliott. And the caveat here is I'm not sure if this gets accepted, but maybe add another piece like Amon Ra or a future second. But again, trading away Trey Lance, I have a feeling you're going to be supportive of this, Nick. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't hate Trey Lance. I hate the value. Um, and if it's there, and again, you know, you could put that out there. When you have a Trey Lance guy in a super flex, you'd be like, hey, guys, looking to move. Trey Lance, you could just put on the message board and see, and see what happens. See what you get. Go fishing. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there, and there's another guy on that team, too. I mean, he could maybe try and fish Travis Etienne back. And now you have a younger guy that I'd like that, mm-hmm. you know, you could pair with, you know, if, it, if it's Carr. If you, if, it, if you go down from Zeke to Etienne, maybe you get another piece back. You know, maybe he can get a backup tight end. I think he needs a little spot. Like a rugs or something, field. right? Like one of those like receivers, it'll younger receiver. Yeah. 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 Or, or uh, even Higby could help out a little bit too, maybe. Yeah. You know, so yeah, there's definitely strategy there. And I do think that team's going to contend because you look at some of the pieces I think that are tough to move on that one is Galladay and Evans. Those are tough guys to move. Ronald Jones. 
no one believes in these guys that much or, or you know that much to give you trade capital that you're gonna really gonna like so yeah i think it's a contending one so i agree i think you add in a piece at uh at, at running back um i think especially with the depth at that receiver position I mean, you're yeah. feeling too i mean you got a lot of guys um i like that idea yeah, and I think, too, just to, to kind of make sure that we cover this part, Common Man DFS has Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, and Josh Allen as his quarterbacks. So I think that makes it even like kind of more enticing for the Garoppolo owner to get Lance, right? Like mm-hmm. the, he's probably looking at that going, God, I wish I had Trey Lance to kind of backfill whenever that change happens. So he might be willing to pay more than someone who didn't have Garoppolo. And with the way his quarterback room is set up, he only really has two starters also and might be looking at this like, well, I'm, I'm a little thin at quarterback also. So again, I love this trade. I think this is actually one of those trades that, I could see getting accepted as is. And then also, like you even said, like maybe pivoting a little bit, getting the ETN instead of Zeke, who's got a lot of tread on those tires. Everybody's getting a little worried. ETN might be a little cheaper and have the same kind of future potential value-wise. And you get another piece in there too. I mean, I think there is a lot of potential on this team. I just think, I think you said it too, though. The receiving group is pretty deep, but it it is getting older. I'm not going to argue, mm-hmm. but I think you can get younger without giving up. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think all too all too often we see this in dynasty leagues where a team feels like they don't need to contend or they're not the best. I always say to people, if you're the top three or four in the league, you're contending. You don't need to be dominant to win. I, I how many times have we seen a non-dominant yeah. team take home the title? Right. Happens every year. This mm-hmm. team is dominant enough. And looking at mm-hmm. the other teams, I think it's good enough. The hole mm-hmm. is clearly at running back. Mm-hmm. Right. You need a running back. So and, I, I think that's a great trade. And the only other thing I might add into that. So let's say it's uh it's car. And it's ETN for Lance, and and he likes Lance, like you said, because of Jimmy G. Maybe you you add in your second and get his first. You do one of those yeah. type of things yep. and see. Hey, that doesn't look like much. Oh, I really love Trey Lance. Boom! Now you got another ammo piece next year on this team that you're like, oh no, I'm going to be a little aging to get you younger. And I think too, and Rocky put this in a little bit of his write up, but this other this other team is a bunch of receiver. Sorry, a bunch of running backs like Alvin Kamara, ETN, Elliott. Um, and I think that a team like that, you kind of want to be win now with those running backs, but his receivers are iffy. I mean, I think his best receiver is Tyler Lockett, which, you know, not terrible, but getting older. He's got Curtis Samuel, Henry Ruggs, LaVisca Chanel. So he's probably, this team I'm guessing is not much of a contender. So while that's a two to one trade, you could be trading your late second for his mid first, right? Because you're a contender and he may not be. So that's not just three or four picks. Again, we're speculating far into the future, but how this is going to play out. But I love that idea too. I try to do that kind of trade all the time. Just if somebody sends me something, I'll add that in there and just be like, Hey, just help me out with this. By the end of the year, it's a whole round and a half. You know what I mean? Like it's a huge amount of value, but it doesn't look like it. It's just one round. Who cares? And they're getting a pick back. It's fine. So yeah, I like that idea. I want to go into my trade too here. And and it's on the, the same thought line right? We're on the same page. I don't think he needs to move a lot, but I do think if he can get a running back, this uh, a running back two, even this team can contend. I do think his receivers are pretty solid, but you hit on it earlier. Galladay is someone that nobody wants, right? So my trade was with broke Ditkas, which again, great name. Uh, in this trade, this uh, dignified clowns would be sending away Kenny Galladay and Marlon Mack or some other piece. We can fill that in and receiving Chris Carson and Paris Campbell. And the logic here is Carson is going underrated too. There's a lot of people that don't want or don't like Carson. They want him off their team. Um, Bro- the uh, Broke Ditka's team is, I would say, maybe middle of the pack, has some iffy receivers, iffy running backs, nothing really dominant. I mean, they've got Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, so their quarterback and Tua, so their quarterback room is locked in. I don't think trading them Lance helps them at all. And I think with the way this team is built, Lance isn't bad for you anyway as a, as a QB2 uh, behind fields. Let's make sure we're clear on that. Uh, but I also think Chris Carson on that team, I don't know if there's a lot of value there, right? That team's kind of younger and looking to get maybe build for the future and Carson's a piece they'd be willing to move. So again, I, I think the the way I look at this is it's kind of a Galladay for Carson with some other pieces thrown in. People are very low on Campbell too. They don't think he's going to come back or they're not sure. I'm fine to take on that risk. I'd rather have the risk level of Campbell than the risk level of Galladay because Galladay's value is so much higher. His risk is therefore higher, right? His variance is higher. His standard deviation is larger. Campbell's a much cheaper player but I think he could be he could be Galladay in a year, right? We don't know. So I think that there's a, a consistency there. And then if the guy doesn't want Mac and would rather have another receiver or something, you know, that's fine. Pivot or do that second to first thing the other way. Even I don't mind that at all. But what do you think about that trade? Sending Galladay, kind of getting Carson. Yeah, no, I like that idea, especially when you look at the teams. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I also like Chris Carson, who again he does get hurt some, but man, mm-hmm. he catches the ball, he gets goal line carries, and he gets volume. That's a, that's what you want in a running back. <laughs> 
He's yeah. not that old either. He's what, 26? He might be there this year and next year. Then that's a great trade for you. Um, other ideas to add in with that. If you want to add in a guy that everyone's down on, uh, maybe ask for Denzel Mims as a kick in. I'm I thought about that, that one. That's a, that's he a got guy. He lost 20 pounds because of food poisoning. People don't know. And now he's back on the up. But he's a guy I can't get rid of. But I love him. But I have a roster spot issue in one league. And the other one is this. If you want another guy that people don't like that could really pay off for you, what if you had, get Chris Carson and David Johnson back? People mm-hmm. don't believe in David Johnson. <clears throat> they got to feed somebody. I don't believe in Philip Lindsay that much. I don't believe in Mark Ingram that much. And even if he doesn't pan out, who cares? That's <laughs> It's not a big part of this trade. So if you get Carson and David Johnson, man, now look at that running back position. You have the wide receiver group to, to make up for it, and you're in a great shape. And the only other one that I would add in there too, another player I considered in this trade was getting Ryan Fitzpatrick back, right? Like if I'm trading away Galladay, maybe you do a Galladay for Fitzpatrick kind of trade. You've got uh, Heineke on your roster who'd be his backup technically. So you kind of backfill, it gives you a solid QB three, which comes in handy if you're going to contend. And again, I think Fitzpatrick is one of those players that especially on a team like this, that's full of youth, you know, people like David Johnson, Ryan Fitzpatrick, these are sometimes players that rebuilding teams are trying to get rid of, which sometimes means they'll get rid of them for less. Not every time. And I'm not saying you need to try to, to you know, go out there and, and rake this guy over the coals and not give him anything back. Like, no, no, no. I'm just go target the right players and pay the right price. But sometimes you can get a little bit of a discount depending on the team. And that's kind of why we like to do these, to be honest, because we feel like while this is very specific to this league and this team, it allows us to kind of leapfrog into the whole bigger discussion that we like to have and say, okay, well, how can we use this knowledge in general, right? And so this team, to kind of hit this again, this team is one running back away from contending, in my in my opinion. Where it's at right now, it's a little bit of that middle of the pack. Like you were saying, where if you're seventh, if you're not first, you're last, right? There's this obvious thing that in Dynasty, you, the worst place to be is that six to nine kind of range, where six, you might make the playoffs, but you don't do anything with it. When you're up to like even nine, you're 104. I mean, like, what's that pick going to do for you? You're missing on the big guys. So it's like, you might as well go all in or go home. And I think if if I had this team, I'd look at it and say, well, I've got Tyreek Hill. I've got George Kittle. I've got Aaron Jones. I've got Justin Fields. Like I've got some solid pieces that are going to contend every week. If I can fill in a little bit of that missing hole in running back, because I mean, you got Todd Gurley still on this team. I just dropped him in a league and it felt bad, but it's a shallower one. And it's just, I don't know if he signs anywhere. And even if he does, does he really play? Right. So like, that's one of those. And Jamar Jefferson is young guy. Savan Ahmed maybe gets a chance. Like you got all these, what ifs you need a, what is, and I think Carson is exactly that. So is a Camara. So is an ETN. So I think we're all kind of on the same page here. But mm-hmm. I mean, in general, I, I think the we need to we need to ship some of our older guys. I'm not sure I agree, but I get the logic. And I think yeah. that's something we can all take away from this. Yeah. Only other guy I can think of that maybe you can try and get as a kick in there. See if you can get Aguilar back. People hate him. Yeah. Wide receiver one in, in New England. That's a cheap shot at some points when you give up Galladay. I, I like that too. For this year, right? That's all we're looking for. Just give me this year because your your receiver core is not terrible by any stretch. I mean, you've got enough starters in there with Hill. You got Thielen. You got Mike Evans. I mean, there's your three starters pretty much every week. You got Amon Ross St. Brown, who could be a starter and a, and a, and a big guy. You got Jalen Guyton, who could be something in LA. I mean, there's a whole bunch of guys on this team. Quez Watkins, wide receiver one, everybody's talking about, right? So like, he's one of those guys everybody wants. Maybe you try to move Quez Watkins for a more solid piece too. Hit the hype, right? There are going to be... An, Oh my God, I can't wait for the next five days, right? Preseason week two, there's only three three weeks of the preseason. The hype train is coming, whether you're ready or not. You know what I mean? Let's get on board or get out of the way. And it's going to be a crazy week after the second set of games. So I think this is the kind of thing where maybe you hold off. Don't trade today. Don't trade Thursday. Don't trade Friday. Wait maybe Saturday, Sunday. See if Galladay takes the field at all. See if he makes a fun catch. Boom, ship him. Get him out of here, right? Hit the hype train at the highest point. So that's kind of where I'm at with this. Did you have anything else you wanted to, to touch on here, Nick? Or are we good on this trade? Nope, nope. I, I like the, the ideas. Perfect. All right. So I guess uh, that pretty much wraps us up for this week. I really do appreciate you being here, Nick. I loved your takes on Lance. I, I've heard that or seen that, but I think you just put it perfectly. There, there is there is something about him that I've not really been able to, to kind of put my finger on, but those stats and, and the way you explained it, that's exactly where my head was going. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I am a little nervous. I am a little nervous, so I don't mind trading him away on this trade either. That was a smart move by Rocky. He didn't know you were going there, but that was perfect. Well yeah, played. And, and and I would like Trey Lance if if the value was there, but it's just, it's just not there. Like I'll just I'll you know it's it's those uh what do you call it when, when you're betting in in Vegas? I'll bet you know the under 
is what I'll do. Well, he's he could be the next like Clyde Edwards Hilaire, right? Like Clyde Edwards Hilaire last year was like, oh my God, running back one going in first rounds, and everybody dropped him. Now he's in the third and fourth round, and everybody's scooping wow. him back up. That could be Lance easily. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Love it. All right. So Nick, why don't you remind us what your Twitter Twitter handle is, where you work, what you got coming out, what do you what do you got going on like these days? Uh, yeah, uh, at underscore Nick Whalen on Twitter, uh, at Nick Whalen on Twitter, um, tweeted like five things eight years ago. <laughs> we'll get up the handle. So if you guys know him, please let me know. I will get that from him. Um, I'm DTC podcast and then the Dynasty Nerds. We do uh, film nerds where we'll break down prospects for next year's rookie class. Um, besides that, um, I might be doing, I have a YouTube channel. I might be doing uh, these rookie quarterbacks and kind of seeing how they're doing week to week, but we'll have to stay tuned. I, I coach football as well. And that's a busy, busy fall for me. Oh, it's a, it's a busy time of year. We appreciate you being here. And before we let you go, I got to ask, I guess, who is the number one quarterback in your mind that no one's talking about? Like who's the guy that is under the radar that people aren't hearing about enough in Debbie In Debbie? Yeah, like coming up in the next year or two. I mean, obviously, we've all heard of the the, the big names, but like yeah. who's somebody that you think isn't getting enough hype that you yeah. could see in that in that kind of Debbie conversation? And I know it's putting you on the spot, but it is. It is. Um, I guess. I mean, and this isn't that big of a sleeper. I mean, I like I like DJ UL to say from Clemson. I like that one a lot. I mean, he's on the radar though. Um, another one that's on the radar, but a little bit less would be Carson Strong, Nevada, strong arm. I've he heard about him. Yeah. He doesn't run, but he, he really, really does well throwing it down the field. He's got the strong arm. Um, you know, he'll remind you a little bit of like the, the poor man's Josh Allen, just cause he's again, kind of West coast over there. Um, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have the running ability, but he's got a shot to be a first round pick next year. Oh, see, there you go. That's the kind of nugget we're looking for. So if you're in Debbie leagues, maybe that's a target, right? Go out there, find those guys early. Really appreciate your time, Nick. And uh, thanks so much for being here. Kind of wrapping up. I'm Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, follow the pod at Dynasty Junkies. Uh, you can also follow Rocky at Dynasty FF Addict. Uh, follow our third host, Scott Sidlow at Scott underscore Sidlow. Uh, and definitely follow the DAP network. And uh, I think it's at DAP underscore network. And then definitely, you know, just tune in every week. We're kind of all over the map with the timing for the lives, but really just come in, hang out, have fun. We had some good comments today. I really appreciate you guys coming in and everything. Uh, I know too that definitely subscribe, rate, and review. We always talk about that, but we really do want your feedback. If there's something we could do better, if there's something like that, you want to submit a roster for find a trade, uh, you know, definitely send us a DM. You can shoot me a DM. We'll talk about it. Uh, For the most part, we're collecting those. And then when it's your turn, I guess, so to speak, on the show, we'll reach back out and just make sure there's nothing changed and get your feel of things. Uh, we are going to be doing those all season long, and we've got a bunch in the hopper now, which is great. But if you really want to have yours on here and have someone talk it out, that's what we're here to do. So, again, with all that being said, I appreciate everybody tuning in. Look forward to talking to everybody next week. And with that in, Junkies out.